You Can't Sit With Me, hosted by Deanna Isfear. Let's just say that podcasting recently has really been testing my ability to provide you guys with interesting content every week and I have failed. I'm very sorry for the delay. I skipped a week last week. I was very unwell. I was sick. Nobody gives a fuck. That's fine. But this week, I really wanted to address the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunions. I 100% know that I am late on that train, okay? At the end of the episode, I'm also going to do something that I'm not used to doing on the podcast, and it is talk about music, and not about Ariana Grande and Selena Gomez and all the people that I typically would talk about, but about music that needs to be heard, because the charts suck. The charts do not make me want to have a Spotify account. The charts are making me ask you, listeners, to give me your fucking Spotify email and password, because I no longer want to pay for that. Shit. The person that I will be talking to for a brief moment at the end of this podcast, Alice Chater, is actually one of my very good friends. We went to performing arts school together. Every single place that this girl has gone to, people have said that she is the most underrated artist in the industry at the moment. She sings better than Ariana Grande. She dances better than Beyonce. She would say that I'm lying to you, but I'm actually not. And I'm very excited for you guys to find out about her and her music. And also, I forgot to mention, she is prettier than a Victoria's Secret angel. So if this doesn't pique your interest, you can all go fuck yourself. If I'm going to talk about music, you best believe it's going to be worth your time. That said, before we jump into the Real Housewives reunions and the new pop music that I think you guys must listen to, you know what's coming. I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. I want to talk to you guys about this amazing new beauty tool that is called Uhebe. So you can find them on Instagram at u underscore hebe, which is H-E-B-E. This is a tool that I haven't seen before. I haven't seen it on Instagram ads. This is not a typical plug of something that you guys have seen around. No, these people have come up with a fucking epic face massager and we know I love my face massages because my face is very important to me especially since you guys don't see it on this podcast <laughs> you only get one face and I think that facial massage and lymphatic lymphatic drainage and all that shit is super important if you don't want to get Botox every single month. What they have done is I truly believe that they have created a jade roller on steroids, basically. It's very hard to describe it on a podcast, but it's this kind of wand, like, you know, it's kind of like a jade roller. It has this little disc on it, which is flat. It's kind of like a little button. It's made of the same material that you would see in the jade rollers, in the rose quartz rollers but it vibrates. And we know there's this Clarisonic facial massager that everyone raves about, but it's $300. No bueno. I haven't bought it. My face is very important to me. I have not spent that money. I found a couple of dupes or alternatives on Amazon, but they really weren't cutting it. This is the only thing that I have tried that can replace all of these overpriced facial massages, and it is the Uhebe. Okay, so here's the plot twist. I got a discount code for you guys because you know what? I really care for the people and I care for you guys. And I don't want to be the only one to have a good skin. I want all of you bitches to use your skin to your advantage. You guys will get 18% off of your Uhebe 
face massager by entering the code Deanna Espier at checkout. So that is youhebe.com and enter code Deanna Espier at checkout for 18% off. They're super generous. They're super cute. It's such a good company. It's an independent company. They've done so much research on their products. It's an amazing anti-aging product. It's called the anti-aging bar. It's only at the moment $29.99, but with my code, it will give you an extra 18% off. It's the bargain of the century. It's amazing. It will defeat aging, get rid of sagging neck and face, puffy eyes, reduce the appearance of face wrinkles, and it will just make you look so much younger, minus the needles. Let's get into the Real Housewives because I have so many thoughts, so many feelings about the latest episodes and the reunions. I've been watching, I've been binging because I haven't kept up. I'm very, very late for this. Before we get into the reunion recaps, I really need to put this out there. And this is something that my mother, Julia Espia, brought to my attention, but I really embrace it. When Americans go to France, please stop wearing a fucking beret. I don't know how you call it, a beret, 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 that's, that's what we say in French. Do not wear it. It's cheesy. It's lame. That's like me wearing coconuts on my boobs if I go to Hawaii. Okay? It's the equivalent of that. And also, for the editors of Bravo who are editing The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, please stop playing accordion in the background. It is a very cheesy French tradition that people do not think is cool anymore. That's like Vanderpump Rules playing California Girls by Katy Perry at the beginning of every single episode ain't a thing or like the OC California here we come I'm not going to sing for you guys on this show I really want to spare you guys' ears but cheesy it's not a thing it's old school it's outdated nobody plays that instrument anymore and it's just not cute so I understand that you want to make a point that the real housewives are rich they want they travel they go to France I also have to say about that trip that Dorit kicking her head at squash and being a complete champ about it really canceled out any negative feelings I previously had about her. Dorit, honey, you may be a lying faux victim. Who knows, actually? I don't even fucking know. But the way you took that hit officially takes you off my shit list and I will now be stalking your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the things until you come on the podcast and I'm actually willing to get a restraining order to get you on this fucking show. You are a fucking legend, okay? I don't care if people say you're a liar. Maybe deep down I do think you're a liar, but I think that now you are a champ. And so please come on the show. It would really make my life. I also have to say that in France, the arguments that the girls tried to create with Erica looked scripted. This was Lisa Renner's primetime moment on camera, and she put every other ones of her performances to shame. I know that some people beg to defer, but... I have to say, the strategy of using Erica Jane to flip off Kim was genius. It was original. It was sneaky. It was beautiful. And you know what? If someone used Deanna Espier as a persona to flip someone off, they would officially become the godmother of my future children. God bless my future children, really. But besides the point. And so that's it. That's what I have to say about France. Lisa Renner, Dorit, you're both legends. I don't give a shit about the fucked up things that you both do, you know, to be on camera, to create a plot twist in The Real Housewives. All I care about is that that Erica Jane performance was strategic. It was beautiful. It was smart. And that squash, you know, mishap was dealt with in the most badass way I have ever seen. And I really appreciate that. About the reunion. 
let's talk Camille for a sec, okay? I fucking hate Camille's two-faced side. I'm not going to lie about that. But I also truly believe that Camille is a misunderstood human because of her tone of voice, okay? I can, in fact, probably guarantee that half of the things that she said would be taken completely differently if she didn't say it in that faux, Xanaxed, yogi calm voice of hers which by the way is so fucking annoying and sounds faker than Dorit's accent and wealth all together okay Camille's voice I really want to hear a little bit more diversity in Camille's tone of voice it's just monotone and you're not that calm and you're not that zen you're not stop faking it you are fake too Speaking of calm voices and yoga and meditation and all those vibes, you know what I mean. Let me introduce you to the newest cast member of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And that is Gandhi, a.k.a. Denise Richards. I love Denise Richards. I think she's one of the best, newest additions to The Real Housewives. But the way that she is able to just keep her cool annoys me for the pure and simple fact that I'm just jealous of her capacity to just always be calm. Which reminds me of the penis count. The penis count was fucking hilarious and made my life. But I truly believe that a hair clip count would have been more appropriate because I personally would like to know how many hair clips Dorit was wearing on her head that day. It was overwhelming. It was too much. I mean, I do like that the housewives really you know, give us a look every time. But the hair clip count was missing in that reunion for me. Which, by the way, brings me to, I don't understand the eggplant. And I have to say eggplant because UK people would say aubergine, but, you know, most of my audience is American, so I'm going to say eggplant. The aubergine is supposed to be the emoji representation of a penis. And let's face it, most guys don't make it to that size. So, you know, it's just unrealistic expectations. And this is just another reason why I fucking hate social media. And it is the death of our society. Let's make the guys feel a little bit better. Speaking of penises, on a more serious note, I was asked a question about this on my previous episode. I really, really, truly believe that the women and the fans should stop talking about the husband's businesses. You know, a lot of the problems that are being brought up about the husbands and their work involve lawsuits, which means that they are kind of sworn to secrecy. So I just think it's inappropriate. And, you know, this is the real housewives. I want the jewelry. I want the shopping. I want the Botox. You know, let's leave it to the men. If they can't have an eggplant as a penis, at least let them have their moment in business. Let's keep it cool. Let's keep it fluffy. Let's keep it light. It does not need to be brought to the forefront. People really need to chill with Teddy and accountability because being accountable for your fitness does not mean you need to be accountable in a pool of bitches tearing each other apart and you know what we all fucking lie I've lied you've lied give Teddy a fucking break I've actually met her in person and she was really cool and I have to say I've actually come across a few of the housewives before didn't get a really great impression of Lisa Vanderpump if I'm honest with you which I know again she's my friend's boss and it treats everyone amazing but I just got better advice from Teddy like I'm sorry overall I have to say one of the funniest reunions so many jokes so many plot twists I'm kind of having PTSD from all the drama that we've witnessed in this reunion but you know 
since I'm over talking about it myself and it has been such a long issue that did not need to be this long, I would like to leave you with this. What do you guys think of Lisa Vanderpump's practice run for the lie detector and the whole lie detector situation as a whole? I want to know your opinions. Let me know on Instagram, in the reviews, on Twitter. Do you guys believe that Radar Online defended Lisa because they have a relationship with her? Do you think that she's telling the truth? Also, if you guys want to engage in this discussion, do not forget to join the secret Facebook group, Bitches Sit Together, where we discuss all of those things with all of the podcast listeners. That's it for the housewives. I would like to welcome Alice Chater. She's one of my best friends. We went to musical theater school together. She will talk to us about her new single tonight, but also share some fun stories about us at performing arts school together because, you know, it was a real shit show. My best friend is on the podcast. Da, da, da. Ooh, my best friend is interviewing me. Oh my God. That's so weird that I'm like interviewing. Because normally I, my friends come on as co-hosts, but today I'm interviewing you, Alice. Are you afraid? I'm really afraid. And it's so weird, but I love it. Alice Chater. Yes. Pop singer. Oh, Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, tell everyone how we met before we start talking about you and your music and your random shit. Okay, awesome. So me and Deanna met at stage school, mm-hmm. which is quite funny. So Deanna um, moved to London and she started attending the school, Italia Conti. And I remember being in a class with her and me and my friend who, 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 who was I with, Deanna? So you Who were with Rosie, Rosie and Kate. So Rosie and Kate. Yeah, yeah, I got so transferred into your class. Yes, yeah, exactly. And um, we were like, we saw Deanna from across the room. We were like, it was literally like Mean Girls. We were like, oh, she looks super cute. Let's go and talk to her. <laughs> and then we're like, oh, we, we like you. We think you're pretty. Do you want to be friends? <laughs> it sounds awful, doesn't it? It no, sounds so bad. It's not so bad. So we go straight up to Deanna and we're like, hey, and then we get talking. And then obviously we fall in love straight away because Deanna is an absolute babe and she's a petite little pocket rocket and she's very, very talented. So we all got on really well. And then since that moment, me and Deanna have been the bestest of friends ever, ever, ever. And um, we're missing each other very much now because Deanna's in LA. And I know, but I feel like we've done a great job at keeping in contact as well because you're always... Like most people from stage school do not stay in touch. Like they all go and do I know. Our year specifically has done a great job at keeping in contact. Like for example, you know, John, we we have John Wilding that's in LA now. He works at TomTom, which a lot of people listening to this podcast know about because TomTom is one of Lisa Vanderpump's bars basically. Yeah, which I went to last time. I went with John when I was there last. I love it. Yeah, it's so good there. And so John works there. So um there's a, like, somehow we're always connected and we always find each other along the way, wherever we are. Cause we all um, trained in London and then somehow in like, I've seen Leighton in LA. I've seen John yeah. and Gabby from Love Island who was on the podcast as well. She came to LA. We, well, Gabby wasn't in our year, but we somehow all reconnect, which is very, very weird because I feel like it was, it's different for the other years. I think our year specifically, we've done more things that are more pop and TV and more current. Whereas, previous years are all in musicals and shows and stuff yeah exactly I definitely think yeah it's been more tv in our year yeah and, yeah we're more famous in our year 
<laughs> Sorry. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> of all successful year. <laughs> oh my god, I know. We are in a successful year actually. But it's crazy. School, School for stars, all the stars were in our fucking year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's quite funny, isn't it? Like you go to drama school or whatever and you and you think, Oh, I'm gonna be a star. Like everyone thinks that. And it's actually much, much, much more harder than you ever imagined. So often what happens is like when people graduate like it's there's only a certain few who are able to to work who even graduate and yeah, everyone's and talented kind of it's you, just so hard they kind of tell you as you're training as well you know when you're doing your musical theater training they tell you you know you're probably going to end up working at a supermarket so you better get your shit together yeah like all do. the teachers that's the number one thing that i heard from all my teachers they were like you see all of you half of you are going to be working at the supermarket <laughs> yeah my checkout at the supermarket yeah, that's and it's what like, bitch, you're not on stage. Like, who are you to talk? I know. Like, like Richard Peekman, he was like that. He was like, Alice, you're gonna be have, you're gonna have an office job. <laughs> so we, yeah, that was never gonna happen. People don't, you know, they see the videos and they see us dancing and chanting and la la la, and they don't realize that it's really rough and that people make you. Yeah. I think one of the worst things. I mean, I think it happens to me maybe once, but it was when they when they weigh you so they'll they'll weigh every single person at school and but it's also good but it's also bad so they they weigh you to see if you're the correct weight for your body size so um if you're more overweight they'll be like you need to lose weight and then if you're too underweight then they'll give you a warning has anything negative been told to you about like your body and your and your body weight or your appearance yes I actually dyed, do you remember, I dyed my hair brown when I was at drama school because... Yeah, so people who are listening to the podcast, if you haven't looked up um, Alice yet, Alice Music on Instagram, she's like a beautiful blonde, huge blue eyes, bleach blonde hair, huge real lips, may I just add. Uh, People need to stop fucking asking you about the lips, okay? I know, it's so annoying. You used to get bullied about the lips. Yeah. (laughs) So you dyed Um, your hair brown because you wanted to be taken seriously because people thought you were a dumb blonde. Yes, I kind of, I wanted to be taken seriously as an actress. And to be honest, it did work a little bit. I saw the, the, the teachers and the um, yeah, there was uh, a yeah, they were like, oh, I, I prefer it. Yeah, but, but I soon dyed it back blonde afterwards because it just didn't suit me brown. But it's kind it of crazy you, that we do those like things. You. It, wasn't, it wasn't you. Yeah, no, it was. And I, I had a lot of problems with quite a lot of teachers there, to be honest. They... Like, especially like that one dance teacher, he was, he just used to bully me and say, put me to the back and make me do the combinations on my own in the middle of the room and make all the students watch me and make me do it over and over again to just humiliate me. Um, even though I was doing it right, he really had an issue with me. Um, and he was like, you're the diva, but you don't have the record deal yet or something. Yeah. He was like, he was like, you're not Mariah yet, honey. You don't have the record deal yet. And I was like, what? I was like, why are you even like laying into me like this? And, you know, I think he didn't like how I didn't really play by his rule book. I was, um, I wanted to do the dancing and the certain, in the, in the way I wanted to, in, in my body style. Um, and I wasn't kind of conforming to what he thought was a good musical theatre 
um, student, basically. Um, yeah. So we didn't really get on. And I remember. And to be perfectly honest, like there's nothing wrong with like musical theater training. I think it's great if you want to be on a West End show. But yeah. for me, it really affected my music career because they put it in my head that I needed to be a certain way when I had like my own style and my own things. And then when it came to actually having my own career, I was incapable of having my own voice and my own style because I felt like they had really put it in my head that I had to be this like robotic trained, you know, product. Exactly. That's why it's actually quite bad sometimes drama school like it depends what you want to do I think you really need to figure out what you want to do before you get involved in like definitely your training definitely because also like I've met a lot of actors who have never gone to drama school and they're the biggest actors ever and doing so well it's like it's one of those things if you want to go to drama school because obviously and for people who are listening drama school off is like a musical theater course basically so you'll do singing dancing and acting like all three so if you go there and you want to improve your dancing then yes it will be amazing like the yeah, dance but it can really be detrimental to your to like your talent because yeah when I left drama school my dancing got so much better like remember when we took that ballet class together yeah. in New York? exactly it got so much better and that's also because they like, made me feel so self-conscious because I was yeah. a little bit different um yep I had oh, completely. I, like, exactly they they yeah because you were a little bit different yet you had the accent you weren't from here they um they they did make you feel self-conscious and I can completely relate to that because that's exactly what happened to me and ever since I've left Italian concert my dance got miles better when I had my own choreographer Mark Jennings like he's completely changed my dancing and made me way more confident whereas I would be really worried going into certain dance classes at Atelier Conti I've got to admit like they made me feel like I was absolute shit because I wasn't the most technical dancer I never really address my music stuff on the podcast maybe this is the the perfect moment to do so with you because we kind of went through the whole music together yes 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 Deanna was an amazing music artist Oh, thank you. Well, I wasn't. I mean, I, I don't really care anymore because it's so far behind me. But um, but can I say who you worked with? So Deanna actually worked with um, all of Ariana Grande's producers. Like, was it Tommy? Tommy Brown. Tommy, Tommy Brown and who's... Uh, Victoria who Monet. Yeah, Victoria Monet and stuff. And they actually worked on Deanna's music. So yeah. Deanna was a serious musician, guys. Um, <laughs> and very talented songwriter. That's so sweet. I was more of a joke of a performer. I feel like, so here's the thing. That's why I wanted to bring you on today because I never talk about music on the podcast because I just, the charts fucking suck. Like, is there one song in the charts on your Spotify that you're like, I need this on my playlist? Um, you know, oh, Luna, I love it. Well, you know, I, I'm quite bad at, to be honest, I'm quite bad at keeping up at actually what is in the charts. I, I try not to when you're to working on your music you yeah. don't listen to music and like a lot of people have yeah. asked me this before they were like don't you love it like don't you love listening to music and when you've worked in music you're so invested in creating it that you just don't fucking listen yeah yeah it's kind of crazy like because you don't want to um I don't like to because I don't want to get influenced by what stuff is like current and what is actual like yeah. charting at the minute I'd rather do something opposite 
Yeah. And I it's like, if you want to have your own sound, you must not listen and be influenced by other people because yeah. you're, you're going to sound exactly like them. And that's the yeah. tricky part about music. It's like a love hate. It becomes a love hate relationship. When I was working in music, I really did not like music. I didn't like listening to it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's difficult, um, but I do like, um, who do what songs that I do like one of Ed Sheeran's songs that he put out. The one with um, Camila Cabello and Cardi B. Uh, I don't know if I heard it's the one that I remember is Don't Touch Me it's like don't touch me don't touch me don't touch me I just like that one I think that one's a sick beat as well can you do Um, Don't Touch Me Don't Touch Me and give us a whistle tone God, what? No, no. (laughs) I always fucking ask you for the whistle tone. No, we'll do it at the end. We'll do it at the end because you know what? Everyone's like, oh my gosh, Ariana Grande is so good. Fuck you, Ariana Grande. Um, Ali can do it better than you. (laughs) I don't know how I can attach a whistle tone to Don't Touch Me. Yeah, we we can attach it to something. (laughs) Oh, wait, do it again. Do it again. Don't touch me. She does it better than fucking Ariana Grande, okay? No, it's not. That was a joke, everybody. Well, this is like a podcast. You're not warmed up, like whatever, but you do better than Ariana Grande. And that's what bugs me about the the charts. It's like I see all these artists. They don't know how to fucking sing. Like, who the fuck is Taylor Swift? What are you doing? You can't bust a move. You can't sing a note in tune when you're performing live. You're on the charts. I do not understand. But that's just me. Let's chat about your new single. So I don't really have music artists on the podcast because I like having reality TV people and talk shit with them. But um, I watched your video. It's fucking epic. So I want to know everything. I want to know, but I want to know the deep secrets that you haven't told people. I want to know the concept behind the video. Um, Should we play a little, are we allowed to play like 10 seconds of the song right now? Yeah. So it was me and Martin Tarif and we were um, actually talking about something bad was happening on the news, like a a load of things were happening on the news a couple of days before and we were discussing it. And I was just saying to Martin, can you imagine if this was the last day on earth, like what would you do? And then we got talking and then I was like, obviously I'd want to go and tell the one person who I love, I love you. And I would want to like live the last kind of hours like, to the best as possible and um so basically the behind the lyric it's like you know you never actually know what will happen tomorrow you could get run over by a bus tomorrow so all the little things all the big things that you worry about like it just puts everything into perspective and it's like just live your life how you want to go and say love you to love I love you to whoever you love it's got like little hidden references in the verse in the video I wanted to do you know the end of the world kind of inspired um witches coven so I'm obsessed with witches and like I love Harry Potter and I grew up loving um like those cult movies um did you watch American Horror Story yeah, I love American Horror Story. Heaven was my favorite. It was amazing. Yeah, same, same. I was absolutely obsessed. So it's I really want to... By the way, you guys should all watch it. Yeah, you should all watch it. It's insane. Um, so I want to do my own coven of dancers, basically. At one point in the video, we do wands choreography. And I remember when I said to my choreographer, I was like, I want to do some choreography with wands. Everyone looked at me like, Alice, no. But it actually looked really well, really sick. And it worked out really well. And... Um, I also did 
at the beginning of the video uh like a funny news reporter thing where i'm a different character you embrace the diana vibe out of me self yeah yeah so you're an artist and you're signed and you're doing all this cool shit and you have the star quality, you have the talent. And I kind of want to know, and I want you to tell people what is like the hardest part of being like an up and coming artist. What are some of like the okay. hardest things that you have to go well, as an artist? I get very anxious before shows and as soon as I get on stage, it's absolutely fine. But I get really anxious before and you do a lot of like open, opening act stuff. What's like the worst yeah. thing that's happened to you as an opening act for someone? You don't have to mention any names. Yeah, uh, maybe like, you know, going out to a crowd is difficult when none of them know you. So um, I think maybe one of the hardest, maybe one of, one of the hardest shows I've done is when I supported Professor Green. Um, and it was really difficult because... I think we, me and him, have slightly different um, fan bases. Yeah. yeah. So when I kind of came out and I did all this like pop thing, I think there was like some some guys in the audience that were like, "What? What is this?" and kind of like whistling at me and stuff. And it it was kind of like really hard to like win them over. But I feel like at the end, I gradually won them over. Um, and then like other shows, like it's difficult when you support an artist, they don't know and the audience don't really know who you are. So some of them won't really come to the, the support act. So it's difficult sometimes to, to win them over when they're, they're listening to songs that they've never heard. Yeah. It's much harder to win an audience over as a supporting act than it is to just cater to what they already like as like yeah. main artists what I, like as a new artist well you're not new you've been doing it for so long but you know people are starting yeah. to care now um yes what is the most important thing for you like numbers wise do you look at spotify's instagram like what is the the most pressure for you maybe youtube i don't know maybe i i always I'm always, I always want as many people to view the videos as possible because the visuals are my, my thing. Like I, I love strong visuals and concepts. And so for you, you would say it's more important to get the YouTube views than like Instagram followers. Yeah. I'm not too, too worried about um, Instagram. Like I'm, I'm much more worried about getting the views on YouTube Instagram has become such bullshit the last couple of months as well. Yeah. It's literally becoming an irrelevant platform. Yeah. Like, like it's I just to interact think... with your audience. Like I use it to interact with my audience, but like I don't use it as like, oh, Instagram is so important. If your music grows on other platforms, then automatically your other platforms will, will follow. Alice. Hello. What is your best memory with me so far? Let's make this, you know, a self-absorbed episode. <laughs> my best memory is when I bent your key, your house key. Oh my gosh. Okay, tell everyone. <laughs> I that. couldn't get in. Oh my gosh. Well, everyone knows. Well, I don't know. Well, we used to I'm go out very in Camden a lot, which is very like, people don't expect that of me, but we used to be quite edgy when we were at performing yeah. arts school. So edgy. Yeah, Camden so we, was like the punk rockers, like the yeah. you know crazy people, and that's where we used to go out. Exactly. So Diana lived in. Well, I lived basically with Diana in in Camden, and we used to go out in Camden all the time. We used to go to these gigs and stuff. And um, I'm very unorganized. You can never give your keys or your wallet to me. And Diana, you should not give Alice anything or anything. Just like don't give me any responsibility. Literally, 
and Deanna gave me her house keys. <laughs> remember, I remember you didn't want to give them to me. You're like, no, are you sure they'll be out? And I'm like, they'll be fine. And we get to the flat at like, I don't know, 5 a.m. in the morning and can't even open the door because the the house keys are like bent in half. Literally, it's the like 90 degrees. We didn't know we had to. Oh, it was a polite. <laughs> like like i don't even understand how because anyone who tried to bend a key would hurt themselves i literally have no idea how i did that i couldn't get into my fucking house so then we had this whole like session where i started doing splits outside my door i don't know thinking someone (laughs) would feel pity or sorry for me and try to help me i don't even how did we get into the house it's so stagey actually isn't it we were then like stretching and doing splits can we talk about stagey because i feel like people don't talk about they don't know what stagey means only the stagey people at stage at stage school know what stagey means did you remember all this series of stories i did about like what it means to be stagey no oh my gosh i had a whole rant about it because um, i've been watching this new show on netflix called crazy ex-girlfriend have you seen it no it's literally the stagiest thing you've ever seen, but they kind of make fun of it. So what, tell people what does, it, what does it mean to be stagey? Stagey is just basically doing something really dramatic and theatrical. I don't know, kick your head or do a, do a, a tilt with your, with your leg. It's, or, it's, it's a public, you know when people say PDA, it's a public display of your musical theater training. <laughs> yes. That's very good, Deanna. No, yeah, that's what it is. So like when, wherever you go, you need people to know that you are a musical theater student who can fucking do a high kick and yeah. sing a high note. And exactly. that is what stagey is. Okay, yeah. so there was this iconic Twitter account back when we were on in, at Performing Arts School called the Stagey Police. <laughs> and they- oh my God, yes, I remember. The Stagey Police. They used to call people out on being stagey on like nights out and things. Did you ever make it onto yeah. stagey police? Um, what did I make it onto it? Yeah, I like they, did so. they ever repost? Because we were stagey as fuck. Like, what's one of the stagiest things we've ever done? Um, I think you know, I think it's maybe like in supermarkets or anything would just be like dancing in the aisles and then just just basically finding anything we can and dancing with it in ridiculous places that you shouldn't be dancing in and making other people feel very awkward <gasps> are you mortified because now people like because now i literally hate on stagey people but we were so yeah. stagey we were really stagey it's very embarrassing why were we so stagey? And like all our posts on Instagram with like the leotards and in the splits and doing. Oh, I can't fucking do that today. This is so cringe. I'm cringing at ourselves. We, you know what? For the blog post on the contactwithme.com webpage, um, plug. We should we should make a collection of some of our stagiest photos like throughout the year that we've oh that we've taken God. together. That is a good idea. <laughs> should we should we collect all our stagey photos? Please, can we? The ones we have in ballet class that we took were funny. Do you remember the contemporary teacher who like, because we had that like really hard contemporary class on Monday mornings. And then yeah, every time some, someone yawned, he would make us do like press-ups. Is it push-ups, press-ups? Oh my gosh, yes. He would make us ups. do 10. And if one person in the class 
like didn't do a full one or stopped in the middle, we had to start all over again. All over again. Class. And I remember one time, one class, we ended up doing 60 because people were yawning and people were being fucking lazy. And it's like me and you have small arms. I can't even do one press up. I'm really bad at press ups. I, I can't even do press-ups. one. I mean, I can plank for, for days, you know, good yeah, right here. Yeah. My arms, on the other hand, no bueno. <laughs> Your arms are so tiny. No bueno, I can't do it. And I was dying and I was trying so hard to be able to do it because I didn't want the whole class to die along with me. And like I couldn't move my arms for two weeks. I think I took a day off the day after because I couldn't move. (laughs) We were the little weaklings at the back. for listening don't forget to rate and review the podcast on the apple podcast app to make sure that the show gets found and get discovered by other people you can follow alice on instagram at alice music and obviously in case you didn't already know my instagram is at diana espier and i'll see you next week This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery.